the balance between conservation and expenditure of energy within a society largely depends on the amount of population density and throughput of information and energy. For example, if you are at a transportation node, if you live within a city, an urban complex, then you are probably far more likely to be highly skilled at process management in the right frontal cortex that is involved with managing negative emotions, noticing when you're at a point in a process and admitting when something is novel or strange. The reason why we want to create a type of personality geopsychology is for the purposes of understanding society without applying a particular ideological valence. For example, we don't necessarily need to think of it in terms of sociology or political science. We don't even necessarily need to even consider soft sciences at all when determining the societal differences based on the correlations between geographic variables and psychological variables. It's very important to begin with what you know and expand outward from that point. And that's why I think a form of personality geopsychology or even personality geoneuropsychology would be more useful, although I would prefer the simpler term. In a way, you are simply applying principles of psychology to societal dynamics at large. And that could allow you to diffuse a lot of unnecessary conflict that has emerged from misunderstanding of each other's intention rather than necessarily being completely opposite from one another in your goals. Oftentimes people have more in common than they have that is different. However, certain environmental conditions can play a part in determining which one you focus on. For example, if there is more desperation, if there is a higher amount of psychological pressure impinging from the external environment due to natural forces, then obviously you're going to be a little more negative in your emotional valence. That does not mean it is unavoidable, however. It is certainly possible that you can prevent that from happening, for if you prepare ahead of time, you are far less likely to be victimized by the forces of nature, shall we say, as long as you've been honest about what might come. In that respect, personality geopsychology can help us figure out where personalities similar to our own have succeeded in the past. What I'm proposing is that you inform people of the underlying architecture within the psyche so that they can make an informed, accurate decision. It's important to learn about any kind of adolescent stages of personality transformation or even post-adolescent stages that could emerge which would prioritize other aspects of the brain and nervous system. You can think of personality geopsychology as a means of determining what psychological types from Carl Jung's literature are more likely to be born somewhere or more likely to migrate from, toward, for example, and what variables are involved in that decision-making process, what variables are involved in that evolutionary movements of human beings across the landscape. My hypothesis is that it has a lot to do with population density, accessibility of resources, fertility of the landscape, and range of temperature. In that way, you may identify correlations and variables in between psychological type, geographic region, bracket of employment, how this actually constellates with the preference for visual thinking over the socio-emotional temporal cortex, 
You could have people who prefer the occipital cortex of vision because they are met with more visual complexity. The concept is surprisingly simple, but it's not common. I think that building out from this point could allow us to establish a collective theory of consciousness that actually takes into consideration individual differentiation in personality and biology.